We are on site in New Carlisle, Ohio at Lynn Allen Farms with Brent Pence. Uh, Brent, first of all, thanks for having me. Thank you, Ty. I appreciate the opportunity. Tell me about the farm. Uh, we farm just shy of 3,000 acres of corn, soybeans, and wheat, and we have some alfalfa hay as well. Uh, we pretty much are 100% no-till. We do run a vertical tillage tool in the fall on the corn stalks going to soybeans. kind of helps us with our seed bed. It's a blessing. We have some goats as well, my wife and daughter and I that we raise 4-H kids from. Uh, we got about 40 head of does that we do that with, and so it keeps us busy. Your story is intriguing because you mentioned your daughter. She's a second-generation farmer. That means you're a first-generation farmer. You started with no farming background. How did you get into it in the first place? I uh, was very blessed uh, when I was young that I knew that this is the path that I wanted to take, and obviously it's pretty obvious that the obstacles that one has when they don't have generations behind them to, to help them with that. There's a local gentleman here in the neighborhood, Bob Koffenbarger, that I started working for in basically middle school to high school, uh, bailing straw, hay, doing all the odds and ends chores that a young kid could probably do that without messing that up. <laughs> and, um, you know, he kind of took me under his wing and, and explained to me a lot about, you know, the management side of it and trying to understand farming. You know, I mean, with me not ever being around it, uh, very much at all. Uh, you know, my family didn't farm, obviously, that's what you're saying. Uh, it, it was a very humbling experience and it gave me the opportunity to, to absorb all that information and be like a sponge because, you know, not knowing the first thing about it and knowing that I would still have trials and tribulations with this, um, it was very important at that young age. And so as, as the time went on, got through high school, started into college, um, you know, he let me, I, I got my first farm, 123 acres here that's actually just down the road from where I live and uh, where we currently reside right now. And, um, you know, I used his equipment for several years there and then I was able to buy a tractor, my first 4440, which today I wish I had back. <laughs> it's one of those deals you hear those older farmers say all the time that they want their first tractor back and I've tried to find it. But, you know, we were so young and didn't have the extra money when we traded it. I couldn't keep it to get the other one. But we were lucky. Um, you know, when, when I was starting out then, uh, Jerry McMahon, which was, and I'm name dropping because he was the very first person that ever rented ground to me. And he's and still alive and kicking today. And if he would have not taken a chance on a young kid, um, then I don't know where we would be today. And, and then obviously, you know, it's it's unfair to not name everyone else, but that we've had a lot of people take chances on us when we were 19, 20, 21 years old that had absolutely no established background that they're like, is this guy, you know, going to pay us rent? And, you know, they don't know. I mean, we're so young for them to take a chance on us. And then the bank lending us money. And th there's just so many things that fell into place that we were very blessed. And then, you know, as I, as I grew and got two or 300 acres and I met my wife, Christine, and was still working for Bob, obviously, but you know I would do my own stuff and then would still go back and help them and um, in their farming operation, doing anhydrous and those things. My wife Christine's dad farmed in Greene County all his life. Um, you know he's still around, which is great. He's 83 now, but uh, at the time, you know he was he was he was no tilling. And Bob, you know Bob and and what I had learned all up until that point was conventional. We I didn't know any other way to plant corn, but besides to have sand bed, you know. And we worked it, and we worked it, and we worked it till it was beautiful. And you know, I met my wife Christine and her dad, and I started ex explaining. I'm mean, asking him questions like, "What are you doing, man? You know, I mean, this is terrible. It looks like jungle <laughs> planting." And of course, you know, in the the late '80s, early '90s, even so, we really, I mean, there was no Roundup Ready till '96, so. He was trying to figure out a way, and, and he 
late 70s, early 80s started no-tilling, and people made fun of him, and they're like, man, you can't farm like this. And he had a lot of, of problems because there wasn't the chemistry back then. There wasn't the, the implements. Look at how our planters are set up today. He made his John Deere planter, like, do no-till type things that wasn't really meant to probably do that. And, you know, I thought, man, this is terrible. Well, then I realized, wow, you can farm so much more without having the extra manpower, the extra equipment. I mean, you can go across the acre so much faster because you don't have to worry about, you know, working it and who's out there doing this or whatever. You just go get in the planter and go plant as long as you got a nice seed bed to plant into. And today, there's still fields down there in Greene County that we farm that haven't been tilled since 1979. Wow. And you tell people that and they're like, yeah, whatever. Now, as I said, we run a vertical till on the corn stalks, but we're still only disturbing an inch of the ground but there's not been any kind of deep tillage to those farms and you tell people that that kind of heals ground or it makes it better and it really does i mean i've seen over the years no tilling that we've taken spots and fields that were pretty sad where the water wants to stand and all that from mobile bore plowing or chisel plowing and they just you know you still have to do tiling i get that but it's helped it and so you know i learned a lot from glenn doing that and you know then my dad ended up uh, getting injured and so he uh, pretty much retired from what he was doing his occupation uh, building overhead crane so I was pretty lucky for a lot of years there to have two older gentlemen that you know was they were working just to have fun with me you know and and that was awesome no matter how many generations of farmer is on the farm there's always that one moment when they get started where they get kicked in the teeth and something just doesn't go right and uh, we'll talk about your success in a little bit but what was that moment for you when you when you got started that man that just hurt a little bit um i would say i i will I'll never forget 1999 i mean granted we are probably what seven eight years deep into starting there but we were still not farming a lot of land seven eight hundred acres nine hundred maybe and I had crop insurance that year, but um, I didn't have it set up properly. Back then, it wasn't called an enterprise unit. It was just kind of lumping all the counties together. Well, the farm you were on last spring, I don't need to tell you how that corn looked, okay? Well, in 99, it made 60 bushel to the acre, and the beans made 15. Mm. Well, here at the house where we're setting, I had 40 bushel beans, 140 bushel corn, and in an area down there, you know, it was the same thing. Well, there was a pocket there that was terrible. Well, I, I, my crop insurance wouldn't kick in because I, my averages were so high because of that. And, you know, it was probably to the tune of $100,000 losing it that year when you're wow. that young. Yeah. I mean, in those those areas, that I mean, that's rough figuring, but it's it was a lot of money, you know. And, and that, <laughs> talk about a setback, I mean, then you're like, oh, God, how are we going to be able to do this now? Because we were kind of rolling and now we're, we got to take 10 steps back. But... I mean, to me, that was a year I'll never forget. I learned how to then very, very cautiously learn how to get my crop insurance set up right if we were going to farm that far from home in the four counties that I needed to get that set up properly. And I mean, it was right and I had it. It just, I did not have it set up properly. And that to me, I would say of all the struggle and that was the one. I mean, that I will never forget 99. That was terrible. We're in New Carlisle, Ohio at the farm of Brent Pence, Lynn Allen Farm. Uh, here over the last couple of years, we have seen corn go from 7 or $8 and beans from 15 16 plus uh, down to where they are today. Uh, how have things changed for you, creatively speaking, on the farm here over the last three or four years? I would say that we did a very good job. Um, you can always do better, but I feel like we did a very good job of paying down debt. When we had 7 $8 bushel corn, uh, we paid equipment off. We paid uh, the house off. I mean, we did a, well. I did buy a couple farms in that uh, little bit of an era there, but you know, locking in the interest rates fixed for 25 years is a big deal. They they tried to talk me into doing variable rate, and now look what the last six months it's went up a point almost, and or half point I guess. 
So my thought is we did a pretty good job. I mean, we were still updating some equipment, obviously, because of the ground we farm. We Technology-wise, we needed to do that. But I look back and think about how cool is it to be 42 years old or 43, you know, when that time frame was and have your house paid for and all that. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, I go back to listening to all the stories. Obviously, I didn't grow up in it, so I'll be the first to tell you that. I didn't live that. But I've had enough friends that lived it. I've had enough elders in farming industry that's told me stories about the 80s. And every one of them, the first thing they say is the interest rates like to kill them. The prices went down, um, but the interest rates on their operating lines, on their land, on everything they were doing was astronomical. It was 15 to 18% or whatever. And so I always remember that when we got these other two farms that, you know, hey, three and a quarter percent is not a bad gig, right? I mean, it, yeah, they, I could have saved maybe a quarter to a half percent when I did it, but now it would be way over that. So... I mean, I protected ourselves on the back end of that. And then just, like I said, just basically paying down debt service to try to weather the storm. Because I think we're in this for a couple more years. I hate to say that, but um, unfortunately, that's what I believe in all of that I've read. I've known you for a while. I've seen that passion in your eyes when you talk about farming. And I see that passion in your daughter's eyes, too. <laughs> She's the second generation farmer here at Lynn Allen Farm. And I've met her a couple of times because she has been in about every livestock barn in the state. Uh, her name is Paige, and she is quite the showman. Tell me about your daughter and and uh, and all the work she puts in on on the farm here. That uh, that's pretty much, you know. I go back to the humbling years of me showing livestock and my wife showing livestock, and I, honest to God, don't do not know where she gets that from. <laughs> I mean, I really don't because I was petrified to do that. I, I, you know, I tell her all the time, my steers had no hair. We did the best with what we could, you know. So she is is got a talent, and it's no different than a kid that that plays sports. If they've got that, then you need to try as parents to try to help that kid out, right? And you know, last year I started letting her drive the tractor some. She did some vertical tillage and stuff. And then last fall she did more of it. And so, you know, this year she thinks she's going to drive the baler and all that one that we get help out here. And <laughs> so, I mean, she wants to drive the truck, which is a bad thing. You can't let her do that on the back roads. But, I mean, just getting her involved in operation. And I will be the first to tell you this. If Paige wants nothing to do with this farm someday or she doesn't, you know, marry somebody that wants something to do with this farm, I I'm at peace with that. Um, this was my dream. This was Christine's dream. You know, there's some kids that don't want to do that. I get that. And there's the people that push them into it. And it's no different than the livestock or the sports. I, I truly believe she'll want to stay around the farm or be in agriculture somehow. Maybe she'll be like you, Ty, and be sitting here interviewing some guys someday. I don't know. She's got a knack for talking to people. <laughs> so my thought would be that. But just being able to be involved with the livestock deal of that is is incredible. I mean, with her not doing sports... This is what we do as a family. Mm -hmm. uh, I tell her all the time, it's like her sport. Um, you know, don't let anybody tell you any different than that. You, it's a craft and you have to practice at it. You have to get yourself better at it. Um, is she pretty good at what she does? Yeah, she's all right, but she can always get better. It's no different than me being a farmer. I learn something new every day. And if you don't do that, I think you're hurting yourself in the long run. In the shop with Brent Pence in New Carlisle, Ohio at Lynn Allen Farms. This week featured farmer uh, live and in person here on Farm and Country Radio. Brent, thanks as always for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it, Ty. Farm and Country Radio continues after this.